Well, last week, so we've been in a series, but, uh, uh, you know, it felt something specific last week to minister. And then, you know, I, I, there's some other elements from last week that I just wanted to, to bring out and touch on. Uh, just this seems like there's more uh, to talk about concerning last week and a little bit different emphasis. If you, if you didn't hear last week's message, of course, it's available in all the places that we post it. And, um, but we're going to cover a, a few of the same scriptures and we'll review a little bit. And then um, emphasize what needs to be emphasized tonight. Let's look at Matthew 15, verse 1. Matthew 15, verse 1. Talked about the commands of men last week. This Verse 1 here says, Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders, for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother, and he who curses his father, or curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say whatever or whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me as a gift to God, then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God, of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Let's go back to verse 1 and 2, I want to read verse 2 again, but verse 1 says, Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? So notice, first of all, these guys are concerned because Jesus' disciples are not doing what other people have been doing. That's their beef. Is they're mad because why aren't your disciples doing what we've had passed down to us. Why aren't you doing it like we do it, in other words? And uh, the NLT, that same verse says, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Now, this is what they're upset about. Now, if you go down, let's, let's, uh, let's read uh, verse 3, and then we'll skip down. He answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your, tra- your, your tradition. So he's saying, why do you transgress God's commandment because of your tradition? The other people are saying, well, why are your disciples not doing what our tradition says? And Jesus comes right back at them. Don't you love Jesus? Jesus, he's not, he's not backing out, uh, you know, down at all. He just comes back and says, well, why aren't you doing what God says because of your tradition? In other words, you're thinking your tradition, you're putting a little bit too much importance on what other people are saying. You're not even concerned about what God's Word actually says. You're mad because the, my disciples aren't doing what you think they should do. And you're not even thinking about the fact that your tradition is opposed to what God said to do. So skip down to uh, verse 6. It says, then he, uh, so end of that, uh, he's talking about, you know, specific example having to do with parents. It says, thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. 
So because you're holding your tradition or what people teach so highly, you are actually making the Word of God of none effect in your life. You're nullifying God's Word because you're following a precept or teaching of people. And so then uh, verse 8 says, these people, or verse 7, hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as, as doctrines the commandments of men. That, and then uh, verse 9 there in the NLT says, their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. So, um, you know, we talked about some, some parts of this um, last week. Let's, go to, let's read one more verse, and I'll say a few things, and we'll keep going. But Acts 17, verse 10, we also read this. It says, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded, the Bereans, were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the Word with all readiness and searched the Scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So these people at Berea, the Bereans, they were open-minded to the Word of God. They were receptive of the Word of God. They, they received the Word with readiness, and then they searched the Scriptures daily to find out whether the things that were being said were so. So you see a contrast here. These people are ready to receive the Word, and then they're looking at the Scriptures, the Bible, to determine whether it's so. They're not saying, well, so-and-so said. And so we talked about, um, you know, we emphasized uh, and, and went through some of these things and, and uh, in, in some specific aspects. And you know, the, of course, the people can get into a lot of error, and there's things that people teach, uh, you know, as it's been and, and definitely is now, that are definitely not scriptural, and there is a, a negative thing, uh, connotation that goes along with that. But just looking at these things, and we're going to read some more scripture, I just want us to look at this um, and really see that this applies across the board when we're talking about receiving what we would say um, teaching or preaching or anything that would uh, look like it's speaking for God or speaking for truth, you need to, we need to know that the only way we're going to determine if it's true or not is the Bible, is, is Scripture, and to have this attitude just like the Bereans that we, when we hear something, when we hear something that um, a saying, a teaching, that, that we, our first response would be, what does the Word say about it? What, is that true? Not who said it. Not it, well, this is all the way we've always done it. Well, this is the way my parents did it. This is the way my church growing up did it. That's, that has nothing to do with truth. It, because that's exactly what Jesus said. These guys are mad because Jesus' disciples aren't doing it the way people, the, the way they know it, it's been done for a long time. Why aren't you doing it the way we do it? But notice they're mad about nothing really because Jesus is saying you're actually opposed to truth, real, the, the, what is actually solid and true. You're actually violating that 
and what you're mad about amounts to nothing. And so this, is, this can just be subtle because uh, nobody, nobody has perfect doctrine. You know, Shelby was just at, um, somebody maybe say, well, I, I do, or so-and-so teaches. You're wrong. We see as through a glass darkly, we're all coming to the truth. And just right there, if that, if that hit a wall in you, oh, well, so-and-so teaches, they got a corner on the truth, that's something you need to look at seriously because you're following a person. Now, God's Word is truth, so I was going to say Shelly was at uh, Rhema, uh, or, you know, she was back in Oklahoma, and, you know, sat in some classes with Andrew, and in, in fact, one of the classes, you know, because she said, oh, they brought up a you know, they were, they were talking about the same thing you were talking about last Wednesday with the Bereans, because they say, you know, multiple teachers, they say this every year, talk about it, talk about the, the Bereans being fair-minded. And, and the, 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 the teacher that was teaching said, nobody has perfect doctrine. He said, including us at Rama, we're learning and growing. And when you, you receive a teacher, I don't have perfect doctrine. That means I don't have perfect understanding. I'm growing. One thing is, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be a better pastor in five years than I am today. Amen. Because I'm growing just like you. I'm going to know more truth, but I'm not going to have arrived in five years. And so, how are you going to know if something is true? You you need to look at the Word of God. You need to let that be your standard. Now, don't let this be too simple because people can nod their head and go, yeah, yeah, we know that, and go right on and pick their favorite teacher and say, but they're right. You shouldn't say they're right. You should say the word, they speak the truth, the truth, the word of God is true, and say the word says this. That doesn't mean you can't quote somebody to make an illustration or, you know, so-and-so said this to, have, to bring clarity, but you're, you're not, that doesn't stand on its own, right? You're, you're looking to the gospel, and yeah, we can share illustrations, we can uh, quote people that we respect to bring light on what is the truth. You don't build a doctrine off of what somebody said. That's, that's just following person. That's exactly what Jesus said. And so we, we just, as we're, um, this will free you up, believe it or not. This, this will free you up because if you understand that you, that me, that we're all learning and growing, the body of Christ as a whole, that, you know, nobody has a corner on the truth, God's Word is truth, and if you understand that you don't have to be pushed into a corner to just believe in, you know, in a, a certain area. Well, no, you just, you agree with everything so-and-so, what they say. You agree with it. No matter what, it, what comes out of your mouth, you agree with that. that. That'll back you into a corner. You don't want to defend a person. You want to defend God's Word. It will free you so when somebody asks you a question, you don't have to know all the answers. And your reaction should be, well, what does the Word of God say? Let's look at the Bible. Don't start, if you don't know and somebody asks you a question about your faith, you don't have to start saying, well, and come up with an answer because, you know, you're the, you're the answer man or woman. You're witnessing to them and they come up with a question, you better know the answer. That, that's a trick. Yeah. 
I'm not saying they're tricking you. I'm saying that's a tactic because you feel like you have to come up, answer, up with answer. If you don't know the scripture on it, you ought to say, I don't know. Because if you say something, you're making stuff up. If, you, if you're trying to go on the fly and, and um, just respond because you think you've been backed in this corner that somehow you have to know, you can get into error. Now you say something that's your opinion that then you find, then you actually study and realize, well, that's not true. Well, now you told them something that you said was true. Now you got to back out of that. It's much easier just to say, you know what? I'm not sure, but, but I'll look at it or I'll look that up. Or what does the Bible say? Because that should be our first reaction in any situation is what does the word say? Not what does, you know, my traditions say, not what does so-and-so say, what, what does the Word of God say? That's got to be our foundation. You know, if you go on our website, we have our statement of, of beliefs, and we have Scripture to back it all up because that's the foundation. You don't just start putting your, you know, well, this is what we believe, and remove. What's the foundation for it? It's, it's the Bible, so we want to have this attitude. We want to have this mindset always that when I'm hearing something, when I'm reading something, when I, I, I uh, see something on the internet, just don't go, oh yeah, yeah, that's great, and go on. You know, a little blurb you saw, you know, somebody has a little short saying about something and don't, doesn't quote any scripture, but gives something about God or, you know, some meme that shows a quote and it sounds good. And it's like people say, yeah, I'm going to repost that. And it's totally unscriptural. But so it gives somebody a warm fuzzy. I'm not saying that to, to be critical or I, I'm saying we need to think that we need to have the attitude, not in a critical way, but for the sake of truth, don't just accept something. We have to have the attitude that we, we, does that agree with the Word of God? Because the way we're going to act on it and make it true in our life, uh, for it to be solid in our life, is that we have to know the Word. It's not enough to say so-and-so said it, and they know the Word, therefore I take their word for it. We need to know that this is what the Bible says. And so then, thank God for the person that told me about it. Thank God for the teaching or the ministry where I heard it. But they're not coming up with it. If they're a, a true Bible-believing, God-fearing ministry or person, they're just conduits through which the truth can flow. But at the end of the day, we're looking at the Bible as our truth. The Holy Spirit's going to guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit isn't going to guide you apart from the Bible, though. He's going to guide you in line with the truth. And so if you'll, you know, this, uh, maybe touch more on this, but skipping ahead, you, you, you have the Word of God, which needs to be your foundation and your source of truth, but the Holy Spirit is also going to bear witness with the truth. So if something's not right, it, it, it won't bear witness with your spirit on the inside, if you'll listen. I'm not saying, again, in a critical way. It's not like somebody's going to die if, you know, something doesn't change, you know, that something, it's not like it's, it's heresy. It's just 
just a, a my, uh, an, outs, uh, 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 an attitude and a mindset that, okay, I'm looking at the Scripture, God help me to understand. See, so many times, and it's not wrong to go to, to ask questions and go to people, of course, that we have conversations. Ultimately, we ought to look at the Bible, though, and say, well, what does, what does the Word say about it? And I can ask God to show me. Now, He's not going to give you an independent revelation on it. Number one, it's illumination. Revelation is the Word of God. Illumination is we get understanding of the Word of God. So we can have our minds uh, illuminated, you know, when people think they get a revelation these days. Well, if it contradicts the Word, something new. See, there's nothing new. There's nothing new that's being revealed right now. It, It is all based on the Word of God if it's actually true. The Word of God is not being added to right now. You guys get quiet on that? Do you believe? The Word of God, the Bible is not expanding right now. The Bible is, is God's Word, what the Holy Spirit revealed to, to men that wrote it down. They were the vessels through which it, it flowed. It is not being added to right now. So if somebody thinks they get a, a, a revelation, quote-unquote, that is just new, it is just an illumination of the Word that was already there. Otherwise, it's false. It's not new. It was there all along, just didn't know about it. That'll help you right there. Because so many times people, well, this is new. I just got this straight from heaven. It, it's in the Word of God then. It's already in the Word of God. It's just that maybe we didn't understand. Now, we could say it's new to me. There's a whole lot of that. We ought to know. There's a whole lot of stuff that's new to us. Should be all the time that we're learning. We're learning. Everybody say, I'm learning. See, that's just a good admission right there. We ought to be learning. We ought to be teachable. We ought to be able to come up. In other words, we, we should not have the attitude that I've arrived. I know it. Nobody can teach me anything. That's a bad place to be. Number one, if we're in that place, we're in pride. Number two, we can't be taught anything, which means we can't grow out of that place. We ought to be teachable. We ought to be receptive. We ought to know that we don't know everything. We ought to know that. We ought to know that I have room to grow. Thank God I can grow. And we ought to be looking for every opportunity to grow. And if we have the attitude, well, I've already heard that, that's old to me, it's a sure sign we really don't know it. Because if something's old to you, you're missing it. As far as the Word of God's concerned, oh, well, I already know that. It, you, if we have that attitude, I mean, we're going to be with this thing for eternity. And God is going to be revealing more and more of Himself. Well, if, you, if you're open and you're reading the Word, He's revealing more and more of Himself every time you look at the pages. You can read the same verse and get more every time. So no, there's nothing old. You know, if I were to say, uh, you know, with Shelly, uh, you know, I've been married almost 25 years and, and we, it's better than ever. Just keeps getting better every year. If I were to say, well, this is old. I already know her, but, you know, we're just kind of biding time. It's kind of old at this point. <laughs> There's a problem. There's a problem. There's a problem with, uh, with our relationship, not looking at something. But that's not the way we look at it. We are uh, in a better place than we ever have been. Yes. 
and it just keeps getting better. And we expect it just to keep better, getting better, and, and we're learning and growing in that. Well, how much more our relationship with God? How much more the things of God? God's been around forever, and we're just around for a little bit, and we're like, well, I know that. No, we don't know it. Is it, is it working? Is it, is it vital? Is it alive to us? We ought, we'd be excited about it then. We would, we would know. So um, we don't want to be crusty about things that aren't even Scripture. Let's read a little bit more. Uh, we read this verse, but 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1 <clears throat> We read this too. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, or another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? What's he saying? Verse uh, 3, he says, were there envy, strife, and divisions among you? He said, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Somebody says, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. Well, that's, that, when people are acting like that, and we'll insert this just for clarity for people that are here, he's not talking about having associations with people and running with people. That's godly. Yes. Okay, really quick, put, put this up again. 1 Corinthians 11, 1, it says... Um, so later in that same book, he, uh, Paul said, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. In the Amplified Classic, it says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So he's saying, follow me as I follow Christ. So it's not bad to follow people. It's not bad to run with people. It's not bad to have your own company. We're supposed to have our own company. In Acts 4, it says they went to their own company. You're supposed to have people that you run with, that you follow as they follow Jesus. You're just not supposed to follow them apart from Jesus or Jesus is the word apart from the word. That's where you get into then, if you go back and put up 1 Corinthians 3, uh, Verse 3, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul or I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? That, see, if you start saying, well, no, I'm, I follow this person and that and whatever they say, now you're falling into what Jesus said, you know, when, or what the people where the, the uh, religious leaders were coming to him said, well, why don't you follow our traditions? And Jesus comes back, why don't you follow the Word of God? Yeah. Somebody said, well, why don't you do... So if you're like of Apollos or Paul or I'm of this person, that, well, why don't you do it like we do it? Like this person teaches or this person or this area. This is the way we do so-and-so. Well, do you have Scripture to back up why you do that? Yeah. And don't make a division or strife over something that you can't back up with the Bible. You realize there's a lot of stuff that we do that maybe our preferences that we do stuff a certain way and the Bible doesn't say one way or another. And so you can't make a doctrinal stand about it or you definitely don't want to cause division or point your finger saying, well, so-and-so doesn't do it like we do if you don't have the Bible. It just is a preference. You know, like how people dress. 
how they do praise and worship. There, there's, there's certain, you know, uh, guidelines that you could use from the Bible, but, you know, uh, you can't say, well, somebody isn't spiritual because they dress this way. Well, just look around the world. Yeah. I mean, if you're in India and it's hot, you're not going to wear a, a parka. But if you're in Antarctica, you may come with boots and I don't know whatever. I mean, there's a, you know, if you're, if you're in the middle of 120 degree weather, you're going to dress differently than you do when it's whatever below freezing. You know, there's, there's not a um, set pattern for exactly how you're going to dress and people will take, you know, I remember, <laughs> I'm just going to say these things, but uh, like in the, uh, there just became a change where people started being like, well, you know, we want to dress like everybody and everybody's cool and they're wearing holy jeans and all this stuff. Fine, if that's what God leads you to do, but don't act like you're more spiritual if people don't do that. That's not a revelation from God. It doesn't mean everybody that doesn't do that's legalistic. It's a personal preference. And there's different cultures and different places where people dress differently, different parts of the country, different people you're talking to. Don't make a doctrine out of that. Well, we have the revelation that, you know, dress doesn't matter. Oh, dress doesn't matter at all? So you can just come rolling in and, you know... Uh, a tank top and swimsuit, and that's cool. I mean, it matters. It's what people, uh, how they respond to you, how you present yourself. And that's actually a personal preference. It, but that's not a revelation from God. And we don't all live when Jesus lived. Well, we didn't, Jesus didn't dress a certain way. Yeah, and, and we're not in the Middle East. We're in sandals either 2,000 years ago. You know, Jesus didn't use any of the technology either because it didn't exist in His time. Well, if we don't do praise and worship a certain way, we don't have a spiritual revelation, and people go both ways in that. Well, you know, you just, it's got to be four-part harmony and an orchestra and all this stuff, or else it's not godly. And all this modern stuff, that's just, that's just rock and roll. It's just not godly. Says who? That other stuff used to be modern. There's no, nothing in the Bible. I mean, I think we're going to be blown away when we get to heaven. It's not going to sound like anything we do. It's going to sound so much better. You know, if we don't have certain technologies or, or we don't uh, do it the latest way in different areas, you're not spiritual. Or you're, spir you're not spiritual because you do it that way because you should be doing it like we've been doing it for the last 200 years or the last decades, you know, forever. Basically, you know, whenever the person speaking has been around and they were comfortable with it, even though it changed 10 years before they were born. But that's what's common to them. We got to be careful. I'm not saying that to point fingers at anybody or be uh, critical. It's, it's our mindset. We don't want that in us. Yeah. We don't want to be like these religious leaders, like, why aren't you doing it like we do it? Eh? is there Bible about it? 
We should be like this in every area. You know, we ought to be loving and walking in love and, and be down to earth with people and not fall into the trap of being divisive or having strife or envy or divisions with people over stuff that we should know is not the main issue. And if people have a deal with some of that, we just need to let them have the deal and us just walk in love and be happy because none of that stuff actually matters that much. And we have to understand that some of these things are just preferences, even though we may like it a different way. If you can't point to Scripture, you really can't get on the other person's case and say, well, you're not supposed to be doing this. That's just acting religious. That's acting like a Pharisee. It's man-made. It's trying to put other people in the box of our preferences and calling it God, which is exactly what Jesus said. You're just preaching your man-made ideas. You don't want to stand, you know, we don't, if Jesus were standing here next to us, you know, He's here in spirit, but if He was literally, what would He be saying about different things that then we have the tendency or we may be tempted to go and think something is wrong, and if we're saying it, saying stuff like that to somebody that's next to us or somebody close to us, if Jesus were standing there, what would He be thinking about it? Is it actually scriptural and we're in good-hearted talking about, well, they, these people are doing it this way, but this isn't scripture, and we're, we're loving, and we meant it in a, a spirit of love and, and uh, supportiveness, or are we critical? What would He say about it? What would he say about some of this stuff if some of that would come out of our mouth? We don't want to be in that boat. We don't want to be carnal. We don't want to be one of the people causing divisions. We want to be wanting truth, but then not be proud about the truth that we understand. Well, we in this camp, we understand that that's just backwards. Don't they under have a revelation, the Word of God, that that's, you know, that Jesus did this and this. Thank God for what He did and thank God for the revelation that we have. We don't want to get arrogant about that. Like, well, don't they have the, you know, uh, revelation? We need to understand we don't have the revelation on a lot of stuff. And it's only by the mercy of God that we're where we are. Thank God for the truth that we have. We ought to look at the Word and say, thank God I understand this. And, and speak the truth in love. If somebody else wants to be ugly about it or devise it, that's their problem, but we don't want to be like that. And we don't want to get into this mode because it's a trap of getting, you know, puffed up in something that we think we know and then isolating ourselves from other truths. Well, I just can't now. I, you know, that's, that's, of course, they're off. And, of course, yeah, they're, they're kind of backwards. They haven't quite got that yet. Now I can listen to this and this. Now, that doesn't mean you don't follow certain people that you're hooked up with. Thank God. But it's our heart attitude. We ought to know, I can, I can receive. I can understand. I can, if, it, you, if it's the Bible, that's my standard. The Bible's my standard, not, not what somebody said about the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, praise the Lord. 
1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. When you receive the word, you heard from us. Notice you heard it from us but you didn't receive it as the word of men. In other words, you immediately separated as it being from us, and then you accepted it as the word of God. That's how we ought to look at it. It doesn't matter whose mouth it's coming from. If we hear the word of God, we said, that's true. That's the word. That's what I'm going to hold on to. And if we hear it's something that's, hmm, I, where is that exactly in the Bible? I've heard that for 10 years, but what it, where is that? I need to know. I need to know where that is. If I believe it, if I'm saying I believe it, then where is it? Is it just something that was a tradition? Is it something that's somebody's idea? How am I going to know? I got to look at the, the Word of God for myself, and I have to receive it then as the word of God, not as the, the, word, the word of people. Let's look at Psalm 119.97, just a couple more scriptures. One nineteen Psalm 119, very long psalm. It says, oh, how I love your law, or you could say your word, it is my meditation all the day. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. Notice it's all on the Word. The Word's what's doing it, not what the people are saying. It's the Word of God that's, that's uh, propelling uh, the psalmist forward. Ver, uh, 101, verse 101, I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments for, your, for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. It's through your precepts, I get understanding. See, be careful when, you're, when you're, you're reading a book or you're hearing something that you're, you're looking for the bullet points and not connecting the Scripture because the Scripture is what's going to determine the truth. The bullet points could really sound good. They might be alliteration, you know, all starting with the same letter. Nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean they're true just because they are four points that start with the same letter. That's just a creative way of presenting it that's okay. Nothing wrong with it as long as it's the Word of God. Because if it's just, well, this sounds really cool. We've heard this, so that must be true. No, it's just an idea unless it's based on the Word, and we need to differentiate between those two. Okay, yes, check, check, Check. Okay, what about the third or the fourth word there? I don't get where that actually, you know, corresponds to Scripture. Well, maybe we need to throw that one out. We'll take the first three words that start with the same letter. 
Those are Scripture. All right, I can... And maybe I don't understand everything in context. Maybe I don't understand the Scripture in this area. Okay, when that happens, like one of our instructors at Raymond say, shelve it. Don't just toss it out if you don't understand it today. Shelve it. What he meant by that was, you know, you might have a, could have like a library at home, uh, some... Let's say it was high enough that to get to the highest levels, you had to get on a step stool. So you get your step stool out, you put it on there, and you come, you come down and you just leave it there for a while. And you may, a few years from now, come by and, you, you know, you're just going. And that thing that used to be unreachable that you just shelved, now you're like, wait a minute, I understand that. Because you've, you've learned enough about other parts of the Word that now it's become clear. And you may have thought, I don't understand it. I don't see. Now, you could have thrown it out and said, well, forget it. But you could, you know, if it's coming from a trusted source, that somebody that, that has preached the word, it may be not that it's unscriptural, that you just don't have, you just don't see it yet. Yeah. Is that possible? Yes. Of course it's possible. If we're growing and learning, of course it's possible. We could be at the place where I need to learn more. I could learn it. And then we come back a few years later and it's like, I see what you're saying now. I see how that's in the Word of God. I understand. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Well, if we can grow like that, we ought to never have a, uh, an arrogant or divisive attitude like, well, I've arrived. We, we know. You have a few experiences like that, then you realize, okay, I know I don't know everything. I could be wrong. It's happened before. Won't be the first time. So we can grow. We can learn. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Just a just a real just a, just a small adjustment. Just you know what? We don't know everything. You know what? The word of God is true. I'm growing in that. I'm growing in that knowledge. I'm growing in the ability to walk in it. And if I see something that's not the Word, I'm going to make sure I understand it from the Word without just accepting it. If I don't quite understand, maybe I have to grow, so I'll shelve it. But I don't have to walk around in this place thinking I have to know everything and that anybody that doesn't know what I know doesn't have anything to offer and that I don't, uh, I don't have to back myself into a corner trying to defend something or defend some man's ideas. I just look at the Bible and what does the Bible say? And then... then don't let somebody back in the corner. Well, what do you believe about that? We should never own that. What do you believe? Because what they can attack you. What you should come back with is, well, here's what the Bible says. Because they'll attack you, but let them mess with the Bible. Because if they're going to undo that, you know what they have to do? Come with other Bible verses. And if you are fair-minded, it's not a battle to see who won. It's let's come to the knowledge of the truth if we're humble and we believe God, and we walk in love, then we all want the same thing. It's like, well, this is what I see from the Bible. And if it's somebody that, that you respect and that you have a good relationship with, then you can have a discussion. Now, if it's somebody that just wants to debate, and they're not going to change, you're wasting your time. Shut it down early and go on with your day and get something else done. Because there's people that just want to argue. They already got their bullet points. They really don't care what you think. They already know where you're coming from. They've already decided they're not going to change, and they just want to have an argument because they're probably unhappy with other parts of their life and they just want something to agitate it. So that's okay. Let them go do that with somebody else and you go get something done productive for the Lord. Amen.